Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Hi, this is Bob Costas, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. It is, in fact, the ML Sports Platter brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse, and Welching Company Jewelers. Go ahead and log on to welchjewelers.com today. Check out the showcase at welchjewelers.com. Wedding rings, engagement rings, you name it, they've got it. Bracelets, watches, and a heck of a lot more at Welch and Company Jewelers, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Also, a big tip of the cap thank you to our friends at the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group. Prestwick Golf, Axe Exotic Pets, and the Swan and Whitaker families for their support of the platter as well. You can hit me on Twitter at Mike L Sports and find this podcast all over the major platforms. Keep those five star reviews coming. Keep the the, uh, the 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 comments and the feedback and the downloads and subscriptions coming. Uh, it really does help, and I appreciate everybody who does indeed tune in to the ML Sports Platter. No, no problem, man. This is awesome. I, I'm enjoying getting to, to do some of this stuff back in Buffalo. It's a, a place I love, love the Bills, and uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no doubt. I, I want to start with, you know, when you joined the Bills. I mean, they were obviously, you know, they had already gone to three Super Bowls, I believe, right? Like, you got there for the 93 season. You were a, uh, a 92 round 10 pick at 271. You become a Buffalo Bill, 90, 91, 92, they went to Super Bowls, obviously, uh, and then again in 93 when you arrived, that was four in a row, and the Super Bowls, obviously, they overlapped to 91, 92, 93, 94. Um, when you arrived, what was it like from a pressure standpoint with guys who had already gone to the big dance three times in a row? You know, I think the, the, the funniest thing was the pressure for me was trying to make the football team. I had already been cut twice. I got cut by Kansas City. I got cut by Atlanta. Then I get uh, pulled up to the practice squad in Buffalo. And you know, one thing about that about that those teams and and those guys and it, and it you know, the proof is out there. You look at how many Hall of Famers we have now uh, in Canton. Not only players, but also owners, coaches, front office people. But um, that team was very, very good at taking care of each other, and they're very, very good at policing each other. So the pressure to, to get to a Super Bowl, the pressure to play in the Super Bowl, you didn't really feel that. The, the outside pressure was there. It's the guys who were in the locker room that were holding everybody accountable. 
and, and making sure everybody was working at a proper level. So, you know, leadership in that locker room was not an issue. I mean, when you look at Jim and Thurman and Bruce and, and Cornelius Bennett and Daryl Talley and the list goes on and on and on, you know, Andre Reed, Tasker, uh, leadership was, was, was fine. Um, the pressure that was on any of these guys was because of the pressure they put upon themselves, not from anything outside. So the Bills, obviously, of that time, you know, most notably it's the K-Gun offense um, with Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, and the rest. And obviously Bruce Smith gets most of the accolades, although they had obviously a lot of other great defenders during that run, like Cornelius Bennett, like Spider-Man Talley, uh, many in the secondary, you know, the Mark Kelsos, and, 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 and on and on and on and on. It's endless. But the offensive line was, in my opinion, the most underrated group um, you were a part of that, and so how? Just how good was that group when they were clicking on all cylinders? A and B. You guys were awfully close, right? You guys were like brothers in that in that locker room. Exactly. I mean, you know, the, the offensive line that they had was very, very, very interesting. I mean, it wasn't like your your prototypical line. There was guys that kind of came from all over the place. Uh, Kent Hole came from the USFL. Uh, Howard Ballard was a guy that they took late and they knew that he was a huge individual, but they had to get his weight down and get him in shape to play and turn him into an all pro player. You know, Glenn Parker came from, uh, Arizona. He was a guy who was a Juco guy. And I tell his story all the time. Glenn did not play high school football. Uh, he went to junior college to be able to afford to go to college and get a degree. And here he is. Uh, a high-level player in the NFL for a long, long time, I might add, as well. Not only with the Bills, but with the Giants, and then a little bit with the Chiefs. Uh, John Fina, who was a first-round pick. And John, I think John was kind of one of the first um, – he was the first of the new wave of offensive linemen, that taller, longer, leaner, athletic guy. Yeah. Um, you know, John had a very long career. But, um, you know, that line was kind of – you know, you had John, you had you had John Davis who came in. He was a Houston Plan B pickup um, when they had Plan B uh, draft. Uh, they, you know, you could go ahead and they didn't protect him, and he was picked by the Bills and had a great career. Tough guy, uh, you know, would fight you in a box. I mean, he was just he would get after it. And of course, um, Jimmy Richter, who was there when I first got there, and yeah. Jimmy, you know, he was the guy from Ohio State, high level draft pick. Uh, he was a highly drafted guy, so. Yeah, I mean, the thing that the thing that I learned from those guys was how to be a professional. Um, you know, especially Ken Hole, a guy that was a mentor to me and a guy that meant so much to me. But guys like Lynn Parker and guys like Fina and Richter and John Davis, they taught you how to be professionals. You watched how they went to work every day. You watched what they did to prepare to play. You know, and you learned different things from them about that and how to watch film. And then you also learned, too, that, you know, sometimes you might not go out there and be 100% but you at 85% was better than most at a hundred. So you did, you had to do the play. Uh, so there was a lot of that with that group. And uh, you're right. I mean, it was probably the most underrated part of that football team for a while. Jerry Ostrowski, our guest here on the NL sports platter, former Buffalo bills guard. And uh, of course played tackle and center. We'll get to those positions here momentarily. We are brought to you by uh, Stanley law offices and Prestwick golf. Um, Center, offensive guard, offensive tackle, right? And, and you became center, I think it was in your seventh year. It was the last of three under Wade Phillips. 
Uh, you became the starting center for the Buffalo Bills. You replaced Dusty Ziegler. What position, guard, tackle, center, do you think you flourished at the most? Well, the one I hated more than any was center. <laughs> and I can't, I, I can't necessarily say I hated it, but yeah. there's just so much responsibility oh, yeah. that goes to the center before you snap a football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just, it was just, it was tough. There was a lot of preparation. It was a tough position. Um, but I'm grateful for having the opportunity to play it. But it was probably the hardest of the three. I'd say my favorite that I really enjoyed the most was was probably right tackle. I like playing guard. Guard was fine. You got to pull and do different things, and you were protected on both sides. But I thought that my body structure, my body type, was much more fit for playing right tackle. And when, you know, the problem with me in the NFL and playing tackle is everybody, every tackle has to be what? Six five, six six, six seven. Right. You know, I was six three and five eighths, just under six four. Um, so it was kind of a an anomaly. But I felt that because all the defensive ends in the league, especially if you could, you know, it's hard anywhere you go when you're trying to pass block against guys like Jason Taylor, and you're down by, you know, two scores, and they know you got to throw the ball. That's probably the most miserable time that you'll ever have as an offensive lineman, especially a tackle because you have to block that wide rush. But I felt my body size, I mean, I was big dude, I was wide, and I was able to leverage some of those tall, leaner defensive ends because I wasn't as tall, so it was kind of my advantage. And I guess you could say, wow, uh, you know, I, I guess you could, you could look at it as the Pittsburgh Steelers just lost Tunchilkin not too long ago. Um, Tunchilkin was the guy that played for Steelers a long time, was there for, uh, I think he did radio for them, was their radio voice. Um, but Tunch was like six one, maybe six two, and played right tackle the entire time with technique and savvy and all that. So it it can be done. Uh, sometimes in the league, it's hard to get over the stereotypes of prototypical size. But um, no, I'd say probably right tackle is where I had my most fun playing. Give me a good Jim Kelly story. A good a good Jim Kelly story. <laughs> oh shoot. There's a whole bunch of them. I'm, I don't know if anybody, if anybody ever touched upon it, but Jim and I'm sure they have. But Jim was always you knew the level you knew the level of the game by how upset Jim's stomach got before before we went out. Uh, if he had to if he had to, to to throw up a little bit, if you heard him in there trying to get one up, you knew that it was a huge game. So uh, yeah, I would say probably that's probably one of my favorite Jim Kelly stories. When you guys lost that fourth Super Bowl, I mean, at that point, I mean, I, I, I'm, I've been a Bills fan since I've been five years old. The '90s Bills, you guys, what you did, you know, not winning a Super Bowl, still four in a row. I would do it all over again right now. I would do the do it the same way. I would do the missed kick with Norwood. I would do the blowouts. I would do all. I would do all of it all over again because. It was a time that was amazing for me as a kid, and also it, it, it showed people, you know, hey, getting off the mat and getting back up, getting off the mat, getting back up. You guys did that not once, not twice, not three times, but four times in a row, you being there for the, for the last one. Um, and, and, you know, you're one of the best teams in the NFL for, you know, five, seven, eight years if you make a run like that. But my question is, at the end of the fourth loss, was there anything left to be said? I mean, was it, was it, Hey, we're going to get, I mean, come on five in a row next year. I mean, what was said in the locker room? If anything, I I can't imagine what that was like for you guys. 
I don't, you know, again, I was coming in on the end of this, but the thing that I remembered the most was, you know, obviously there was a sadness of not winning a championship for the fourth time. And, you know, you think, you think about the bills and where they come from and Western New York. I mean, that type of a struggle is that's just every day. Right. I mean, I love Western New York because of that. I mean, yeah. it's a tough blue collar place to live and sure. I love it. Sure. And that's what the bills, that's what the bills are about. And that's what it took getting to um, coach McDermott to, to bring that mentality back to the team. That's why they're playing the way they're playing because they're embracing that again. Mm-hmm. They're not trying to be something they're not. And, you know, I look at that, I remember those times, and I remember the sad part about it was you were on an airplane, we're going back, and, you know, guys were guys were upset, guys were down, but you kind of knew this was probably, you know, it's like to take a, a quote from the movie Tombstone, this is the last ride of Wyatt Earp and his immortals. And um, you knew that that team, great teams only last so long, especially in the game of football. And you knew that over it's something was going to have to change. There was going to be some guys leaving some of the long-term, you know, the stars were going to probably move it on. I was pretty sure that's when Daryl Talley uh, ended up going down to Atlanta shortly after I think Cornelius Bennett. Um, So you could kind of have that feeling that the, the sadness was that you knew that that group was never going to be together again. You know, what's crazy is that Super Bowl. I remember, uh, it, first of all, it was in Atlanta at the Georgia Dome, and and you guys, it was over an 18-week season. That was two buys per team, and so the traditional bye week between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl, they didn't employ that. And the last time that that, that, that happened was before Super Bowl twenty five. Jerry, please, can we go back to that? I hate the two weeks lead up to the Super Bowl, especially because Conference Sunday, Championship Sunday, is so much better than Super Bowl Sunday because of the hype. Oh, yeah. Can we please go back to that? Oh, my God. I agree with you 100%. Oh, yeah. And I'll tell you what's wild about that week is it's Thursday, and we're having a meeting at the stadium in our, in our meeting room, and the front office people are down there, and we're going through what we're going to have to do hmm. the next day. Uh, to go to Atlanta if we win this game on Sunday. Wow. So we're already we're already working through plans, and we're going, you know, this is how it's going to be. This is what we're going to do. And um, you're right. I mean, I remember we win, and the next day you're on an airplane, and you're flying to Atlanta, Georgia, to, to get prepared for a Super Bowl. But I agree with you 100%. I think that the, the energy, the enthusiasm, all that stuff is much better right away but the problem is you know what rules the rules the whole thing it's the mighty dollar and yep. you've got to have the week off and you got to make sure the fans can get there and you got to make sure they so it's it'll never happen again but yeah i mean i remember monday monday morning driving to the stadium and parking my truck on the field that just we just played on that's where our, all the player cars were we parked in the stadium <laughs> and then we got on a, we got on a bus and we drove to to the airport, and we we flew out to Atlanta. We went. Isn't that unbelievable? So, I'm sitting there at what I'm 14 at the time, and you know, I remember the after the first Super Bowl, I wore Bills gear after the loss. Uh, was the second sporting event I had ever cried after uh, with one of my teams losing when Norwood missed that kick. And I remember going into school and getting razzed by all sorts of people, Giants fans and my buddies and all this sort of thing. And I was like, yeah, whatever, they'll be back. Jim Kelly told me they're going to be back, they'll be back. I believe him. 
and they get back, and then they get back again, and then the Super Bowl against the Cowboys, you guys were up in this game. I mean, you were up 13-6 to at the half, and under a minute into the, into the second half, Thurman Thomas fumbles the ball, and James Washington returns it 46 yards for a touchdown to tie the game. Did you at that moment say, oh, God, here we go again? Or was it, come on, let's kind of come back here a little bit? Because from there, it, it was all Dallas, obviously. They scored 24 in the second half. No, I don't think it was here. Here we go again. And I think that it was, it was a you know, it was a time of, you know, you know, we're still ahead. Let's get it back. You know, let's, let's get moving. I mean, we had experience of being there, but obviously the Cowboys did too. Um, but no, I don't think there was any panic. I think it was just the fact of you got to absorb it and, and find a way to, to, to get it done. And obviously we didn't. How about, how about some trivia from that Super Bowl? You ready? Um, who you remember the coin toss? Who did the coin toss? I, I can't remember. I do remember the halftime show. Who was the halftime I can't show? The, coin toss. the halftime show was like Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt. It was yeah, like, it the was Judds. A, it was the country. The Judds. They yeah, were there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they were there too. Yep. Yeah. Joe Joe Namath on the coin toss. Oh wow. Yeah, man. Natalie Natalie wow. Cole was the anthem. Holy cow. Yes, I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Um. And uh, can you, uh, well, obviously you were playing in the game. I'm sure you watched the game later on afterwards on on television. But uh, if you taped it, but do you remember the announcers for that game? Uh, I don't remember. I'm going to take a wild guess and say Al Michaels and Dan Deardorff. To great guess, it was Dick Enberg, yeah. Bob Trumpy, O.J. Simpson, and Will McDonough. Oh, jeez! God, the NFL back then was so good, man. It really <laughs> was. Right. It was amazing. You're right. So you, Buffalo Bills great Jerry Ostrowski, by the way, our guest here, uh, guard, center, tackle, and uh, played in Super Bowl twenty eight for Buffalo, the fourth one in a row. You went to Tulsa, and you had an unbelievable career there. You started every game as a sophomore, junior, senior. I believe you were a first-team All-American in 91. You guys were 10-2 and two that year. You went to the Freedom Bowl. Uh, you were, you're on the All-Century team, and they retired your jersey. I mean, you are a Tulsa Golden Hurricane legend. What does that school mean to you? Well, basically, it, it, it's it's where my I, I shouldn't say it's where my life started, but it's it basically was the beginning of of where I am now. I mean, this is a school that gave me an opportunity to play uh, to play the game I love. I mean, I didn't have a ton of scholarship offers out of high school. I was kind of the big kid that maybe you know just I don't maybe didn't move as well whatever but I played well and got things done and I was overlooked by a lot of schools and Tulsa took a chance on me uh oddly enough here's some trivia for you uh I was also offered a scholarship by Temple University in Philadelphia because that's where I grew up okay who was the head coach of the Temple Owls his first head coaching job that offered me the scholarship Wow, Temple Owls. Oh gosh, this was late eighties. Nineteen eighty-eight. Eighty-eight, right? Um, a a mulleted a a mulleted trench coat wearing on the sideline coach that actually came to Temple from Alabama was a Bear Bryant assistant, and now is the winner of a Super Bowl as not only a coordinator but a head coach. And that would be one Bruce Arians. Oh my goodness! Get out of town. I I yeah. had I had a couple guys in mind, but I I was thinking that Arians was there before that. 
Um, yeah. Wow. Yep. Really? So Bruce Arians. But anyway, oh. getting back to the question, yeah, Tulsa's where it started. I mean, yeah. I met my wife here. Sure. I fell in love with the town. Um, they gave me an opportunity to play. I got a degree from here. Um, it's where I made my off-season home. It's where I live now. Hmm. Uh, my wife is a Tulsa grad. I have a, a nephew that's a Tulsa grad. And now my six foot two, 260-pound <laughs> 18-year-old son is a true freshman defensive end for the Tulsa. Man, Democrats. they make them big nowadays, don't they? Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. So we uh, yeah. we wow. were very blessed uh, with, with Tulsa. That's awesome. Sure. I have two quick questions to go, and I'll let you run. This has been amazing. I knew it would be. And it was made possible because you found me somehow on Twitter. You follow little old me. <laughs> Obviously, I was going to follow you back. And I'm like, Jerry Estrada's going to be kidding me? I'm going to get a Bills grade on here. I've had so many on, and I add you to the list. It's really uh, an honor to have you. Um, You know, Bills Mafia, it wasn't coined back then when you played, but now it's called Bills Mafia. And, and the fan base is just absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it's it's passionate. It's fun. Uh, it's loyal. Uh, they they do tons of charitable work. When did you realize exactly what the fan base was all about? Well, you, re- you realize what the fan base is all about when you show up to the stadium for the first time on a Friday morning. <laughs> and our old workout facility and old meeting rooms and everything used to be in the tunnel, okay, up the tunnel in the stadium. Back in there is where the old the old meeting rooms, the weight room and all that used to be. So when you come in on a Friday morning and we're not playing until Sunday and there's all these RVs out there already, it's packed out. You right. go, okay, this is a little different. Yeah. And then on the game day, when you play game day, we, we just, we ended up having, we would have our own post game tailgates because you couldn't get out of the place. <laughs> so we would, we would go ahead and, and hang out and have a post game tailgate till everybody cleared out two, three hours later. And then we would go home. Wow. So it was it was quite obvious that there was a it was a passionate fan base. You know, the mafia is amazing. Um, I love Twitter. I love social media because I do get to uh, interact with some of those people. Um, I've I've been a big fan of I've got a place up there. I get some T-shirts from I got a mafia. I got some mafia T-shirts. Oh, probably 26 shirts, right? With Del Reed. It's exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah Del's amazing. Say that. Yeah. I didn't know if I was allowed to no, say that. De- no, no, please yeah. do. De- Del and Dan and those guys come out with me a lot. And I, I got to tell you, yeah. De- Del Reed, I'll tell you a quick little one-minute story on Del, if, I, if it's okay. Yep. Del, Del Reed, I, re- I reached out to him because a very, very good friend of mine, uh, Shane Lacey, who I went to St. Bonaventure with, and he moved to, to central New York from New Jersey, and he swam, and he played the trombone next to me, and we played in you know the, the wind ensemble and all the rest. He was in marching band with me. And we and he was a great, great swimmer in high school, and he went uh, to Bonaventure on a D1 scholarship. He's the reason I ended up going to Bonaventure. He actually introduced me. He said, hey, I don't know where you're looking to go to school for this journalism thing, but, you know, if you've seen Bona, it's pretty great. And so I ended up going there. Shane Lacey, now fast forward to here, he coached swimming uh, just a couple of years ago, and one of his kids on the team uh, came down with cancer. And I, re- I wrote to Dell and I said, Hey man, I said, I, I got a situation here. Dell created a shirt for that young man and and it's the circle the wagon t shirt. So he did that for that for that young young guy and uh that just shows you the heart that guy's got, Dell Reed man. Well I know we're I know we got time constraints and everything, but that's also what kind of drew me to 
the, the 26 shirts is that I was reading the stories. My son that's a true freshman defensive end at Tulsa had cancer in seven months. Wow. And, and I see people like that go out of their way to help somebody in need, especially a young kid that's fighting cancer. Oh. I mean, those guys are my, those guys are my heroes and I'm telling you, I'll do whatever. So I've got a few t-shirts from them. I'll continue to buy t-shirts from them to support causes. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I love that story. Have you ever thought about what would happen if that franchise won a Super Bowl? I mean, what happens to that city? What, what goes on that? I mean, is, is it, is it a 10 year party? I mean, here's as a, as a person, I, as a person that grew, this is the other reason why I like Buffalo fans so much. As a person that grew up outside of Philadelphia, now I haven't been there since I was eighteen, but I still have a you're, Philadelphia sports. You're kind of born into, right? Yeah, it's kind of like the Buffalo thing, but those fans are, are, are similar and ever. But you know, I wonder, I wonder sometimes what it would be like if they won a Super Bowl. I mean, they deserve it. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine what it would be like. Um, but I. <laughs> I just don't know if there's a, a more resilient place in, in, in the United States of America than Western New York and, and the city of Buffalo. And sometimes I hate to say it, but I'm like, sometimes I'm like, it's this, this, this story is kind of fitting because one day, one day we're going to win it. It's going to happen. <laughs> and, um, God, you know, and when it does, you're probably right. We might have to shut down for a month. No doubt. No doubt. I want to end on this. Um, can you just give me maybe a thought or two on this year's team, you know, uh, coming off the AFC title game last year? Allen obviously gets the contract. They got everybody back in place. A rough week one, I know. But uh, what are your thoughts on this club when you watch them? What excites you? Just take a state of the union on on the Bills in 2021 here, Jerry. Again, I really like the toughness of this football team. I think the, the personnel that they're bringing in, the, the, uh, obviously the quarterback is the, is the main guy on offense. But from Sean McDermott down, I think this team's being built right. It's being built on toughness and grit. Um, you know, one of the things I think that you you know you look at, I think that it would help Allen if if they could go ahead. And I don't know how they do it if they have to. You know, you got to pull one from the draft or whatever, but try to bolster this running back group. Um, I, I like Singletary. I like Moss. Breida's Breed is good in, in spurts, but um, if you get him that running game, because that's what everybody forgets. You know, yes, the K gun. You know, throwing the ball, Andre Reed, Jim Kelly. You know, Thurman was the X factor, and Kenneth Davis, man, they were Thurman and Kenneth Davis. If you look at all those types of offenses. They're done for a reason. If yep. you look at Roger Craig in the West Coast, exactly. look at all those guys. Marshall Falk. Yep. Yes, it is to run the football yes. and control things. Yes. And that's what I really think they need to get. I like their line. I mean, I like Dawkins. Uh, I like Morse a lot. I, I'm a big Cody Ford fan. Mm-hmm. I wish they would stop jacking around and just let him play. Let yeah. him play two to three years, and if it doesn't work, then don't give him his option and let him move on. But – I know Cody Ford, if he's given that opportunity to just play, he'll be fine. His offensive line coach in college at OU, Bill Beanbow, is amazing. Uh, Cody's been been coached well. So I do like their line. Of course, the defense is, is, is getting stronger and stronger. Lots of speed, lots of aggression. Um, you know, I think that they're, I think they're, they're building this thing correctly. And um, like I said, it all revolves around toughness and, that's what you need in, in, in Buffalo. Well, this was this was spectacular. I knew it would be. Jerry Ostrowski, the former Buffalo Bill, 1993-2001, to 2001, played in Super Bowl twenty eight, center guard and offensive tackle, 
and a Tulsa Golden Hurricane as well as Jersey retired and uh, obviously is one of the greats to come out of that program. Jerry, this, again, was amazing. Thank you a million for doing this. Hopefully I can have you back. Enjoy the rest of the season. Continued success your way, my man. Hey, no problem. Whenever you want me on, just, just you got my number now. Just shoot me a text and we'll, get it, we'll make it happen. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouth, people. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. Until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Lowe's Provember event is back. In celebration of pros, we're offering special values on top tools to get any job done right. Head into Lowe's and check out the largest selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories. Right now, you can get a guaranteed tough DeWalt 20-volt max bear tool free when you buy a DeWalt 20-volt max drill or impact driver kit. Shop in-store or order online. Lowe's, the new home for pros. Valid through 1-5 while supplies last. Selection varies by location. U.S. only. Amazing. ML Sports Platter here brought to you by our great friends at Stanley Law Offices. Go follow Stanley Law Offices all over social media and, of course, visit them online at stanleylawoffices.com. That's stanleylawoffices.com. Together, they'll work to get you the maximum award. A big thank you as well to the Vince Aguera Consulting Group, Ken's Auto Detailing, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and your State Farm agent, Matt Graham. If you're in and around the great state of New York, Get a free rate quote today from Matt Graham and ask about the recent State Farm rate drop. SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com is the website, SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Jerry Ostrowski was spectacular. I want to uh, now end the podcast with my NFL uh, Week 1 recap, which you know usually is you know a Tuesday or a Wednesday type show. I, I got caught up. I got John Bacon and a couple other things started to happen, so... Uh, I'm just going to put it right here on the back end of Jerry and uh, and just kind of recap each game one by one and, and hand out a game ball at the end. Thursday night, Buccaneers. I mean, is there a difference between Tom Brady at 44 and Tom Brady at 34 or 24? I mean, the guy is is absolutely spectacular. And, of course, you know, the Cowboys, they, they, went, they went punch for punch for him towards the end. Guess what? You gave Tom Brady a minute and a half to work with. Can't do it, right? Can't do it. Steam rolls down the field, ba-boom, and the Buccaneers get the field goal in the final seconds to win. Great games across the board, though, from, you know, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott. I thought that looked great. Uh, Dak, we didn't know. You know, ankle, shoulder, we didn't know how he'd be. That Cowboys defense, though, ooh, pretty leaky. I think Tampa Bay was was pretty leaky on D as well, but I think they'll shore up some things. One of the big shockers of Week 1 was the Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts was spectacular in this game. He was efficient. He was clean. Uh, 27 to 35 for 264 and three TDs. He was fantastic. I love Miles Sanders, by the way. I always have. Uh, you know, going back to his college days, I I I, I always thought he was going to be a really good pro. Um, and and just it, it, he always keeps his feet moving. 
he can run north-south. He can run east-west. He's only been in the league a couple of years. He was great at Penn State. He really was. And, uh, you know, they picked him at the perfect time in the second round as well. Uh, and then you've got Devontae, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy uh, with that Alabama chemistry with uh, with Jalen Hurts. So, listen, don't sleep on the Eagles. I know it's only one win, and I know that they played the Sad Sack Falcons, who are just a complete and utter joke uh, and have been for a long time. They've got a new regime, new coach, new GM. I mean, it's just crazy. Ever since they lost that game 28 to or they were up 28-3 in the Super Bowl, uh, the Falcon franchise is just tumbling and farther and farther down the NFL, uh, you know, down the NFL stat, uh, stairs here. Um, but but the Eagles' offensive line is really good, and they've got offensive weapons. And if Hurts plays like this and he plays controlled, they can beat some people. Pittsburgh beat the Bills 23-16. This game was won in the first quarter, in my opinion. Isaiah McKenzie starts the game with a 75-yard return. The Bills only get three points. They win the field position battle. Uh, they're up 10-0 at the half. Allen had missed Sanders. I mean, Sanders had six feet on the DB. Uh, Allen overthrew him. Uh, he overthrew Diggs on another play, although the you know the the the, the double team was kind of coming over. Um, and so that one was a little bit harder, but he still did overthrow him. Uh, Allen was fumbling left and right. Um, you know, I just think it's it's really a, uh, a, a a thing in sports where, and I know a lot of people don't buy into this, but the hype, the expectations, the bullseye, Josh Allen, he's everywhere, billboards, cutouts, sponsorships, seltzers and beers and wing sauce and all the rest. And, you know, fans back for two years, uh, in, in you know, the first time in two years back in the stadium, I think that can contribute to it. You could clearly see the jitters. And when you don't, take advantage of a team. I mean, the Bills, if they had taken advantage of opportunities, they might have been up 24 nothing at the half, and it would have been a much different ballgame. Um, Pittsburgh would have had to have started to take a lot more chances. They didn't have to do ball control situations and all the rest. You know, the turnovers were a problem for the Bills as well. Um, but Pittsburgh started to clean it up, and they're really well coached, and they rebounded, and they started to win in the trenches. And, um, you know, they started winning one-on-one battles. And that defense, man, Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, that's a legit football team. That's a legit defense. Big Ben looks nimble. He looks quicker. Uh, he got it together a little bit. Bill's defensive line has got a lot of work to do to get to the quarterback. I thought in the beginning of the game that Oliver actually played a pretty good game for the whole game. Uh, you know, Greg Russo in the beginning was good, uh, but not spectacular. Uh, Jerry Hughes was good, not spectacular. Uh, A.J. Epinesa, you couldn't find him. Late in that game, Big Ben had way too much time. So the Bills have got to shore up some things. They're at Miami this week, of course. Pittsburgh is a good team. I picked them to win the uh, win a wild card. I don't know why everybody is sleeping on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bengals 27-24 to over the Vikings. Just an unbelievable job by Joe Burrow in this game. I love Mixon. I love Chase. I think the Bengals offense, man. They're like two players away from being like a complete machine, right? Uh, 49ers beat the Lions 41-33. to Trey Lance did get in uh, a little bit. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously was in there, and, and they look pretty good. The Lions are just a sad sack of shit, aren't they? My God, they are so brutal. Um, but, you know, the 49ers had a little bit of a leaky defense. I mean, I think there were a few teams, Tampa Bay, San Francisco, the Bills, uh, leaky D. Uh, this weekend, and, and, and teams are going to have to clean that up a little bit. Um, but you know what? 49ers, man, that, that's a legit team, and that is a fast offense, man. Holy cow. I mean, when you look at Debo Samuel, you look at uh, uh, Sanu Jr., I mean, and it's sad to hear that Raheem Mostert's going to miss the rest of the year. That's that's a terrible blow. Um, 
you know, and, and again, they gave up 33 points, but I think in the end, I think that's going to be a really good defense. Uh, you know, they just didn't get a lot of pressure. You know, Nick Bosa had a sack because that's what he does. Uh, Fred Warner was all over the place with 11 tackles, but like D Ford, you didn't hear his name called a lot. So they'll clean some things up, and the 49ers are a legit, legit Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. And Jimmy Garoppolo plays really well. Uh, that's going to that's gonna help him, no doubt about it. One, again, of the shocks of Week 1 wasn't that the Cardinals beat the Titans. They ransacked them. I mean, they killed the Titans. They beat them by 25 points, 38-13. to 13. And it was Kyler Murray, it was DeAndre Hopkins, and it was the Stars on defense, Chandler Jones, five sacks. The Cardinals, I'm really interested to see if they have another big moment this year or they go on a big winning streak. Like, can they keep it up? Can they stay up? Can they stay consistent and win? Because remember last year, after the Hell Murray, they just took a complete nosedive. But they were absolutely fantastic uh, in, in, in this game. I mean, just superior to the Titans, and Titans have got some problems, you know, uh, Derrick Henry, Henry only got it 17 times, uh, Tannehill was awful, um, you know, they have a new offensive coordinator, I, I, you know, they've got playmakers on offense, they have Julio Jones, Henry, A.J. Brown, but it might take them a little while to get going, it might, you know, I'm not overreacting with week one for anyone, uh, but it might take Tennessee a little while to get going. I'm not sure anybody throws a better deep ball than Russell Wilson. Ridiculous play, super efficient, 18 for 23. That drop that he had to lock it was just absurd. Um, you know, 18 to 23, 254 and four touchdowns. Chris Carson was outstanding. And the Seattle defense, I thought, played really good team fundamental defense. Uh, Seahawks are obviously a legit contender as well. Chargers over Washington, 20 to 16. I was really impressed with the Chargers. I actually changed my pick at the last second for this one because the Chargers always be the Chargers, right? I mean, they always fly across country. They lay an egg. doesn't matter what week it is. But you know what? They proved me wrong in this football game, and I give them a lot of credit. 20-16, to 16, they get the win against a really good defense. Justin Herbert is just some kind of talent. Uh, he had 337 yards and a touchdown on 31 of 47 throwing. Keenan Allen with an 100-yard game. And, um, you know, Brandon Staley gets his first win as head coach. Panthers with Sam Darnold, they beat the Jets 19-14. Christian McCaffrey, almost 200 yards total offense. Darnold was really good. That's exactly the game that they want out of Darnold. He threw it 35 times, 279, one touchdown. Don't try to go win the game in every single spot. We have Christian McCaffrey. We have a good offensive line, good coaching. Let's just have you go play football and, and kind of get reacclimated to it. I think Sam Darnold's going to flourish in Carolina. I said it when it happened. I think he's still got a lot left in the tank. He's only 24, 25 years old. Sam Darnold's going to be okay there. Texans beat the Jaguars 37-21. to 21. And look, as Peter King would tell you, the Texans are pretty much an expansion team. And I know that the Jaguars stink. I know that it's the new era. I know it's the Urban Meyer stuff, who I think is going to fall on his face in the NFL. But it's still an NFL team, and I think that Houston really showed a lot. I mean, the distractions going on with that franchise, Deshaun Watson and the like, Terod Taylor was fantastic in this game, and he's just a guy who keeps humming along, doesn't he? I mean, he gets he earns jobs, loses jobs, he gets bad breaks. Remember when the lung got punctured? I mean, it, it, it's just, the guy just keeps grinding, and, and there there's something to be said for that, and I'll always be grateful to him as well because of, uh, you know, being the quarterback of the team that broke the drought for the Buffalo Bills. Congrats to, to Taylor 
and David Culley and the Texans. Chiefs beat the Browns 33-29. Terrible decision by the punter to try and run at the end of that one for Cleveland. Uh, you know, stop me if you've heard this before, but Cleveland had the Chiefs. They really did. I mean, they were up 22-10 to at the half, and then the Chiefs do what the Chiefs do. 23 points unanswered. Patrick Mahomes with that crazy, crazy throw down the field to Tyree Kill. Uh, you know, there's no lead that's... That, that the Chiefs give a shit about. It's just, it's just that's how it is. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and you know what? When you when you have Baker Mayfield and you're hoping that he's going to be the guy to win you the game in the fourth quarter, good luck. Dolphins over the Patriots, 17-16. to 16. I think Miami is really going to be a problem this year for a lot of teams. They have a physical defense. Uh, I, I haven't figured out if I'm a two-a guy yet in the pros. I think either way he deserves more time. Uh, but that's a good team. They're well coached, and they beat the Patriots. I thought Mac Jones in a losing effort was outstanding. 281 yards and a touchdown, 29 to 39 there. And oh, by the way, Damian Harris gets an 100 yard game on the ground for New England. So that's why they traded Sony Michelle for literally a box of uh, cotton. Really. I mean, that's why they traded him for literally nothing, right? I mean, they traded him for a bag of beans, a bag of candy. And, uh, you know, I, I hope Michelle plays well, but that's one of the reasons why the Patriots said sayonara to him. And, um, you know, it, it, it's New England. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a little bit of the growing pains, you know, they're, but they're built a lot like um, they were back in the day. The names aren't as great. You know, they're not as legendary, let's say. But uh, the reality of it is that, um, uh, you know, they've got a couple of tight ends, right? They've got uh, a very, very good offensive line. The defense is superior. So let's see how this works for uh, the New England Patriots. But Miami went in there on the road and and won. And I think that's an extremely, extremely uh, good Miami team. And, uh, you know, pretty great stuff. By the way, the Patriots declined to exercise a fifth-year option on Michelle's contract. Uh, it made him a free agent after the uh, the 20... Uh, I guess it would have been after well May third, twenty twenty one, so made him a free agent after the twenty twenty season, uh, and then on August twenty fifth, twenty twenty one, Michelle was traded to the uh, L A Rams for a fifth and sixth round pick uh, in the twenty twenty two draft. So that's kind of how that worked. Uh, don't understand though. He declined the option, made him a free agent, but still had property, I guess, and then traded him. Uh, sometimes that stuff is confusing to me, but neither here nor there. We'll see what happens this week, and the Patriots are 0-1. The Dolphins are 1-0. and Another shocker, I mean, the Saints destroyed the Green Bay Packers, and I think there's cause for concern already in Green Bay. I mean, they're going to come out and roll Detroit this Monday night uh, at Lambeau. I, I would expect them to rebound, and, um, you know, I would expect um, Aaron Rodgers to have a really good game. I, Detroit's also piss poor. Um, but man, to lose by 35 in the first week and just get man, I mean, they were manhandled in every facet of the game. Jameis Winston wasn't, I mean, he threw five touchdowns, but he didn't have a great statistical game. Kamara, uh, was held to 83 yards, but gosh, the defense was all over the place for the Saints and Aaron Rodgers looked like he just didn't care. So, you know, for a guy who spent the whole off season talking smack about the Packers and saying they didn't want to be there and then opening up laying a, not even an egg, he laid a dozen eggs. That was a pathetic performance by Rodgers and Green Bay. Broncos 27, uh, 13 winners over the Giants. No surprise here. The Giants are going nowhere because they don't have a quarterback, and more importantly, they don't have an offensive line. The Rams beat the Bears 34-14. to 
Aha, Matt Stafford, welcome to L.A. Welcome to a Sean McVay offense. Welcome to talent with Woods and Cup and a really good offensive line and trickery and part run game and all the rest. Uh, man, alive. I mean, that guy, he made some crazy great throws uh, in this game, and uh, it was really a joy to watch. I, I can't wait to watch the Rams over and over again this year. Um, I mean, that that touchdown pass that he threw to Van Jefferson for the first score, uh, 67-yarder. It was just absolutely perfect. And then another one from Stafford to Cooper Cup. Uh, just an outstanding, outstanding start for Matt Stafford uh, and the L.A. Rams. And then, of course, you have a guy by the name of Aaron Donald who is just is just so good. He's as good as he had a sack. He had three total tackles, one solo. He's as good as any defensive player I probably, I think, have ever seen in my life. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably put, I'd put him on a short list, but, you know, now that I think about it, I probably, you know, Lawrence Taylor, I mean, defenders, who's ahead of Aaron Donald right now? Eh, maybe there are a few. Uh, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, Lawrence Taylor, maybe Deion Sanders, uh, maybe Ray Lewis, maybe maybe those kind of guys, Charles Woodson, Ed Reed. But man, he's right there. I mean, he's he's probably in the top. He's in the top ten of my lifetime for sure. Um, he, but he, you know, he's really as good as anybody in terms of his production. He's got a little ways to go too before he hangs up the cleats. And then the Raiders beat the Ravens thirty-three to twenty-seven. Derek Carr he capitalized on the Jackson fumble um, with a game-winning TD pass and OT to Zay Jones. Zay Jones, of course, is a former Bill, uh, and he has been working his tail off to get more reps in. Vegas, and uh, look at that. He's the OT hero catching that ball. Uh, what an electric atmosphere. What a fun game. Great stuff there. By the way, back to the Bears for a second. Uh, the Bears uh, stopped fiddling around with the quarterback situation. Stop flipping guys back and forth. Quit it. Play Justin Fields. I know the line isn't that great. You've got a running game in Montgomery. You've got Allen Robinson. Let Justin Fields go. Let him play. Uh, and by the way, the Ravens just just ravaged by injuries. Good Lord, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, Marcus Peters. They're missing so many guys there. Um, and, you know, Lamar Jackson, he had 86 yards on the ground through the air. He was he was decent, 19-30 to 30 for 235 and a touchdown. Um, and, and, and the guy just, he has a really, really large heart. I mean, he really, really wants to win. And, uh, you know, I think the Ravens, it's going to be a tough year with them uh, for the injuries. Uh, my game ball, you know, I always throw a bunch of guys into the mix and, and I have to pick one and it's super, super hard, but I'm going to give my game ball to Matt Stafford, uh, who in his opening game for the Rams delivered. We didn't know, Hey, uh, how this was going to be. It was a prime time type game and he delivered big time 20 of 26 for 321 yards and three touchdowns. My game ball goes to Matt Stafford. Could have gone to a lot of guys, could have gone to Dak Prescott, could have gone to a few others, uh, in a losing cause could have gone to, uh, 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 you know, a Kyler Murray or a DeAndre Hopkins or a Russell Wilson, but I'm going to do Matt Stafford this time around. Thanks for listening to the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Please download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. We're brought to you by Brian Conboy of Mass Mutual New York State, Barks and Rec Doggy Daycare, and our terrific friends at Rosie's Corner. Pizza, pasta, hot and cold subs and more, and Fish Friday every single week. Stop into Rosie's Corner, visit them online, at rosiescorner.com and on Facebook and Instagram. And a big tip of the cap, thank you as well to Bryant and Stratton College of Syracuse and CNY Electrical. Go uh, have Sean and his team help you out uh, with all commercial and residential electrical needs. 
cnyelectrical.com. I'm on Twitter at Mike L Sports. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too. And with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus. Made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. They say that home is where the heart is. Maybe that's why so many fall in love with Big Pine Key and Florida's lower keys. With epic ocean views, unspoiled wilderness, sandy beaches, abundant wildlife, RV resorts, and Stock Island's rustic charm. Florida's lower keys don't skip a beat. For more about the lower keys and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash lower keys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.